0: blog Talk Radio. Good morning everybody. My name is Benson Factor, and I'll be the host of your show today. Pretty good week for the Pirates. They finished off with a record of four and two. We'll start off on Saturday. Win against the Reds, Kevin Newman walking it off. And then on Sunday, uh, things got interesting to say the least. Uh Pirates can the four-game sweep by the win of seven to five, but the real interesting part was uh, Derek Dietrich and Chris Archer. Uh, Derek Dietrich hit a home run, uh, stared it down. Uh, Archer got upset, threw behind him. Uh, David Bell of the Reds got very upset, uh, came out to the mound. Puig ended up getting two games suspension. Bell, one game suspension. Chris Archer, five games suspension, which he is appealing. Monday, Cubs home opener uh Bad loss, ten nothing. Kevin Newman made three errors in the second inning. You don't know what happens if that doesn't happen. Wednesday, five to two win over the Cubs. Jordan Lyles, six innings, ten strikeouts, no runs. Dominant performance from Jordan Lyles. Thursday, two nothing loss to the Cubs. Quintana shut us down. Much good pitch, great, just wasn't enough. Errors burned us again. And last night against the Nationals, a six to three win. calm around with a big three run home run. In the 10th inning, to put us up for good, Nick Birdie comes down with his first Major League win. All in all, a solid week for this Pittsburgh Pirates team. Some news and notes to go over. On Sunday, the Pirates sent right-handed pitcher Dovidas Navarowskis on a rehab assignment to the Bradenton Marauders, as well as Gregory Polanco. On Tuesday, the Pirates sent catcher Elias-Diaz on a rehab assignment to the Indianapolis Indians and... On Thursday, Pirates recalled second baseman Kevin Kramer from Indy as second baseman Kevin Newman was placed on a 10 day IL retroactive to Tuesday. Uh, right middle finger laceration. All right, let's get into the weekly awards. Player of the week goes to Josh Bell, a 391 average, 9 for 23, three home runs, six RBIs. Breaking out. He is very, very hot right now and is carrying. This offense, Josh Bell on Sunday hit a 474-foot home run over the batter's eye at PNC Park. Over the batter's eye. Now, I've seen long home runs in my time at PNC Park, the longest being when Giancarlo Stanton, when he was on the Marlins, hit one off the railing of the batter's eye. Bell cleared it. Third longest home run in PNC Park history. Fantastic week for him. Hit a bomb right-handed last night off of Patrick Corbin, who shut everybody down. Fantastic week for Josh Bell. Much more to come for the big switch hitting first baseman. Pitch of the week goes to Nick Birdie. Four innings pitch in four games. Got the win last night. Giving up one hit, no runs, no walks. Striking out seven, a .25 whip. Nick Birdie has got some nasty stuff. Fastball in the high 90s sits around 97, and he's got that wiped-out that he throws over 50% of the time. We've talked about Nick Birdie a lot in training in the offseason, and we know what he is capable of. He is this week. Nick Birdie is a member of the Wolfpack officially. You have Vasquez, you have Kella, you have Crick, you have Rodriguez, and now you have Birdie. He has been dominant, striking out seven guys in his four innings, only giving up one hit last night. And his only hit was the Howie Kendrick double down the line that he got out of that jam in the ninth. Excellent week for Nick Birdie. And since he's a rookie, he's also going to get our rookie of the week. All right, Club of the Week goes to Jung Ho Gong. Nine total chances, eight assists, one put out, part of a double play, no errors. Oh, yeah. Gong has been struggling, and that's to say the least, at the plate. He just hasn't, been hitting at all but defensively he's been fantastic and this infield defense has struggled Eric Gonzalez making errors Kevin Newman making errors Adam Frazier making errors but Jung Ho Gong has been a stalwart at the third base position and he makes the plays that he needs to make defensively he is very good offensively right now he is just out of sync and I don't want to give up on Jung Ho yet we saw how hard he was in spring training and with, when his timing was right. His timing is just not right right now. And Colin Moran is going to get a lot of that bad story right now. But once Jung Ho's timing is back, watch out. He's a dangerous man at the plate. All right, I want to talk about the game on Thursday when the Pirates play the Cubs. The Pirates wasted another tremendous outing from a starter on Thursday night as they fell to the Cubs 2-0. to zero. Joe Musgrove put together a second consecutive dazzling outing but was outdueled by Chicago Southpaw Jose Quintana, who struck out 11 over 7 shutout innings prior to a 69-minute rain delay. Here are some takeaways from the contest, which saw the Bucks fall to 6-5. and five. Defensive woes continue for the Pirates. When Pirate shortstop Kevin Newman committed three errors in the same inning on Monday in defeat, you at least thought the team had maybe rid the bug from their system. Unfortunately, that's not the case as the infield defense continued to haunt the Pirates Thursday night. In the bottom of the 7th with one out and nobody on base and Musgrove on cruise control. Cubs right fielder Jason Ayer lifted a routine pop fly left field. Both Eric Gonzalez and Jung Ho Gong converged on what ultimately would fall in for a two-base error, deflecting off the glove of Gonzalez. You can sense this was the moment that would turn the ties in such an offensive struggle, and it did. Daniel Descalso followed with an RBI single, and Victor Caratino provided the knockout punch with a double to drive home Descalso, giving the Cubs a two-nothing lead they wouldn't relinquish. The Pirates' starting pitcher pitching is here to stay. No flash in the pan here. Musgrove was yet again fantastic and deserved better than the outcome provided. He won six and one-third innings, allowing just the two unearned runs on four hits. His 1.93 fit ranks first in the National League with a minimum of 15 innings pitched. Between Musgrove and Jordan Lyles, the Pirates presumed four and a five stars. Their ERA sits at 0.39. It's a shame that the Bucs' bats have been hapless in a few of these outings because the team would certainly be better than their 7-5 and five mark but it is an encouraging sign moving forward to know that this team will likely be in every game the rest of the way because of the anchors and the rotation. The middle of the Cubs order was stymied. The Cubs 2-5 through five hitters are a murderer's row. Anytime you can write in Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, Javier Baez, and Kyle Schwarber in order, opposing teams are going to be at an immediate disadvantage. The Pirates, however, limited those stars on Thursday night as they want to combine 0-15 with 6 strikeouts. To me, the cryptic message in all this to be a contender, you need to win games that you should. Holding the Cubs heart of the order down in this manner and coming up on the short end is a tough pill to ultimately swallow. You're going to more often than not have nights where they bludgeon you. So dropping a contest in this manner is one that we may look back on at the end of the season and put an asterisk to buy. Like every single game matters, guys. And that loss on Thursday night is a winnable game. When you hold Bryant, Baez, Rizzo, and Schwarber to an over fifteen and strike them out six times, and you don't win this game, shame on us. Shame on the infield defense, on Eric Gonzalez. Like these guys are major league players, and they need to be making major league plays. That pop up on Thursday night should have been caught, and there would have been nobody on. Two outs from Musgrove, You would have finished the seventh in a scoreless game. You don't know what happens from there. When it becomes bullpen, the Pirates are winning that game. But instead, Eric Gonzalez makes the error, and Daniel Descalso drives home Jason Hayward, and the Pirates drop that game. You have Descalso and Caratini driving your runs in. Like, when you shut those guys down, but then you allow the weaker guys to – beat you like that, it's just unacceptable. And that Thursday night loss is unacceptable. And a division right now where we are one game back, we win that game, we're 8-4 and four right now and in first place in the National League Central. Yes, it's April 13th right now and very early in the season, but we saw how tight this division was last year. And we know that this Pirates team is capable of winning the NL Central in 2019. There's no question about that with the pitching that they have. This pitching is here to stay, and once this offense can get it going, we're going to win a lot of baseball games. Just wait until this team is healthy. They're going to be a very scary team that nobody wants to play. We're about to put the league on notice. We just need to have enough offense to win the games we should when the pitching is as tremendous as it was Thursday night in Chicago. Very very disappointing loss. But, uh got to move on, and let's talk about the game on uh, Monday. Yeah, interesting uh, game, to say the least. It was opening day at Wrigley Field as the Pirates took their four-game winning streak into a game against the struggling Cubs. Neither started lasting as long as Jameson, Tyler and John Lester lasted just two innings, each as the Cubs rolled to a 10 nothing win over the Pirates. The Cubs jumped on the Pirates early, thanks to mistakes by Kevin Newman. After Tyne got out the first two batters of the inning, then Tyne got Daniel Descalso to ground one to Newman at shortstop. Newman threw the ball away from Josh Bell, which put Descalso on second. Tyne then walked Jason Hayward to get to Lester, who then made the Pirates pay dearly by doubling home Descalso. Ben Zobris came up and singled home Hayward, and Lester to make it three nothing. In a scary scene, Anthony Rizzo hit a line drive off of Tyone's glove to make it 4 nothing. The line shot was very close to hitting Tyone in the head. The line shot also moved Chris Bryant, who was walked, to third. Javier Baez continued the misery with a soft single after he flailed his bat out to get a hit, and it went over the head of Newman. Baez's single scored Bryant to make it 5 to nothing. Newman committed his third error of the inning when he botched a simple ground ball and threw it away from Bell again, and that caused a to score to make it 6-0. Tyone was removed after the top half. In the top of the third inning, after giving up a hit to Stephen Brault, who came in to hit for Tyone, and a hit to Adam Frazier, Lester was removed from the game. It appeared he was hurt sliding into home when he scored in the top half of the inning. The Cubs added four more runs in to win the game, 10-0. On a day in which Tynan didn't allow a single earned run, there was plenty to take away from a miserable day in Chicago. The NL Central is not as deep as first thought. Before the season started, the talk about the NL Central was how deep it was and how you can talk yourself into every team winning a division. However, we're about 13 games into the season, and it looks like the Reds are lost and the Cubs are becoming an old team with bloated salaries. If this turns into a three-team race between the Brewers, Pirates, and Cardinals, that could help the Pirates out if those two teams struggle and become sellers. It's way too early to write the Cubs off. There's talent on the team and they're scoring runs, averaging 7.2 per game. But the pitching has really fallen off. The rotation of Lester, Cole Hamels, Hugh Darvish, Kyle Hendricks, and Jose Quintana has seen some early struggles. The Pirates could take advantage of that. Well, They should have the rest of the series, with them scheduled to face Darvish on Wednesday, banging him around with his 8.10 ERA and six and two-thirds innings, and a whip at 2.7. Quintana isn't any better. He had a 10.29 ERA in seven innings and a 2.71 whip, except we just could not hit him. Marte is riding the struggle bus. He came into the season as the most tenured Pirates player, but this hasn't been the start of the season that I bet Marte was looking for. Before the game today, he was standing 219. He didn't do himself any favors in his first two at-bats. He struck out and then grounded into a double play after the Pirates had two runners on with no outs in the top of the third. He then struck out later in the game and dropped his average down to 200. Not great, Bob. Jung Ho Gong is struggling too. If we're going to say Marte is struggling, then the same thing has to be said about Gong. He's hitting 143 to start the season with one home run and four RBIs. The Pirates need all of their bats to contribute this season if they're going to compete with the top half of this division. But with Gong struggling, the question has to be asked about when Key Brian Hayes may be up. Hayes is coming into the season the second-best prospect in the Pirates' system, and has been regarded as, as one of the best defensive players in the minors. It's a question we have to ask at this point. What do you do with a third-base situation when jung Ho Gong is struggling as badly as he is? My proposal is to go to a platoon situation with Moran and Gong. Transition Jung-ho into the 2018 David Freeze role. And have Carl Moran be the everyday third baseman, again, except against left-handers who he just can't hit. Call Moran last night defined clutch, which, which is with, with his three-run home run, off of Justin Miller in the top of the tenth to make it a six to three game, which the Pirates would ultimately hold on to. <clears throat> now, the funny thing is Jung Ho, who you think is a power hitter, was pinch hit for in that at bat. There's second and third, one out, and Clint Hurdle went all in. He said, "Jung Ho, you're struggling. Sit down. Calm down. Let's go." Talks a lot about Colin Moran and what he means to this Pittsburgh Pirates team and how he still can not be that third baseman of the future. Yes, Key Brian Hayes is quickly approaching, and Colin Moran is going to have to take this job right now if he wants it for the future. I would be very surprised if he is not the starting third baseman this afternoon in D.C. Very, very surprised. He has played excellent thus far into the season and has done nothing to disappoint the Pirates faithful. Key Brian Hayes, on the other hand, is one of the best defensive players in all of baseball. I mean, you can say that as of right now. He'd win a gold glove if he was in Pittsburgh as an everyday third baseman. The question is whether his bat is going to play. It certainly played in spring training, and we saw on display, but is it isn't going to play in A, And is it going to play at the major league level? The same thing with the shortstop position in Cole Tucker. We saw his bat play of the in a Fall League. We saw it play in spring training, but is it going to play in AAA, and is it going to play in Pittsburgh? Those are the questions that have to be answered. And in a way, it's a good problem to have, to have three third basemen as the Pirates do right now with Jung Ho, Colin Moran, and Key Brian Hayes. And the shortstop position with Eric Gonzalez, Kevin Newman, who's on the I.L., and Cole Tucker not to forget O'Neill Cruz, who will be up not this year, but potentially next year. Their base situation is going to be an interesting one to watch for the rest of 2019, as uh, the Pirates will see how aggressive they are with Q, Brian Hayes, and uh, Carl Moran. Yeah, and Marte right now, he's uh, riding the struggle bus, to say the least. He came up with a huge hit last night. I'm not going to forget about that, but he just hasn't been pitching, I mean, not pitching, he hasn't been hitting well. He did hit a bomb on, no, Wednesday, Wednesday night in Chicago. That was good to see. But overall, he just hasn't been playing well. He's been excellent defensively. We all know that he is a fantastic defensive player. He is. And we have to realize that he's going to get hot eventually. Marte is too good not to. I mean, this guy can be a top-five player in baseball when he puts it all together. He can't. And he's starting to hit a little bit. He had six RBIs this week, tied for Josh Bell, who uh, had six RBIs to leave the team as well. So there's that. And, you know, Marte, especially on Saturday too, this past Saturday against the Reds with that big double. Like, Sterling Marte is a very excellent ball player. Um, And he's going to turn it around. I'm not as concerned about Marte as I am about Jung Ho. I'm going to say that right now. Jung Ho I am concerned about Starting with Marte, I'm not. He's going to turn this thing around. He's a professional ball player. He's been a two-time all-star. He knows what he's doing at the plate. He had 20 home runs last year. He will be fine. And he needs to be fine in the lineup as we talked about. We can't be wasting starting pitching outings. And if we're going to do that, Marte's going to have to play the way he, like he did last night. We can have those huge two RBIs in the uh, top of the eighth inning to give the Pirates a lead. Now, I I really want to get into just the NL central talk as a whole, and this division really isn't as deep as we thought, guys. Reds are lost. Cubs are old. bloated contracts. They're not going to be in it. And really the three teams right now that are going to be in this division race are the Cardinals, the Brewers, and the Pirates. It's that simple. The Cardinals, the Brewers, and the Pirates are going to be in there, and the Cubs and the Reds are going to be sellers. They are. And that's going to benefit the Pirates hugely because they play both of those teams 38 times a year combined. And with the pitching that we have, if this is going to be a three-team race between the Pirates, Brewers, and the Cardinals, I mean, I pick the Pirates in that race every time. We have the better pitching staff. We have the better bullpen, and we're going to be in every game. When we get healthy, the offense is just as good as those teams. It's going to be a battle to the finish. And I honestly wouldn't be surprised if all those three teams make the playoffs. Hopefully our Pirates come out as 2019 NL Central champions. But to be honest, if the Pirates, Brewers, and Cardinals all make the playoffs, I would not be surprised at all. If the Cubs and Reds do, I would be very surprised. Very, very surprised. I mean – It's not as deep as we first thought, guys. Like, this division, we've talked about how tough it's going to be, but the Cubs and Reds aren't going to be tough this season. I'm sorry, they're not. Reds are lost. Cubs are old. They don't have the pitching. And, yeah, so this division is going to be a little bit easier, but uh, three-team race is what I'm thinking with the Cardinals, the Brewers, and the Pirates. All right, let's talk about – This past week, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Another uh, gutsy win for the Pirates uh, this past Friday, uh, this time of the extra innings variety. This win put the Pirates uh, in second and then also into four and three, which is a good deal when you consider the injuries the team has faced and the unexpected hiccups from the bullpen along the way. Here are some observations before uh, Sunday's afternoon game. Solid work from the bullpen. Aside from Joey Votto's long home run off Keone Kella, the bullpen is very solid in relief of Trevor Williams. Richard Rodriguez, Nick Birdie, Francisco Liriano, and Kella combined for six strikeouts and four innings of work, with Votto's home run being the only hit allowed by the group. Considering the issues this group has had thus far, plus Kyle Crick's trip for the I.L., this is a very welcome sight for Pirates fans. Jason Martin gets his first career hit. When you look at the Pirates' current outfield group. It's hard to argue against just letting Jason Martin play every day until Corey Dickerson is back. Colm is generally just bad defensively, whether at third base or in an experiment in left field, and J.B. Shuck and Pablo Reyes have been underwhelming. Martin only collected one hit Saturday, but drew a walk in another at-bat. The Pirates gain nothing from letting guys like Shuck play if they're not contributing. It's much more beneficial to allow Martin to gain valuable reps and can take over again. Josh Bell's big game. Josh needed this one. Not only was he hitting under 200 entering Saturday, but his 3-for-5 performance was his first three-hit game of his career. Bell has displayed a smart approach at the plate this year, but the Pirates need him to be a legitimate power source in the middle of the order on a team without a bona fide home run hitter. Hopefully, Bell can use Saturday's breakout performance, and he did. Bell took Saturday's breakout performance, and he's ran with it this week. Player of the week is back to 391 since Saturday. And Saturday was a really good win for this team and a team that needed that type of win. I mean, Kevin Newman with the walk-off hit, it was excellent to see. And, again, I'm excited for Josh Bell in 2019 and to see what this man is capable of with a full season the way that he's playing right now. I mean, this guy could be a 30-home run, 100-RBI guy, MVP-type player. That's how good Josh Bell is. That's how good we know he can be. If he puts it all together, this guy is going to be the best first baseman in, in all of baseball. And there's I mean, not a lot of people that I can question that. He is a big, big guy, 6'4", 240, built like a middle linebacker out there for base, And when he connects with a ball, boy, does it go flying. I mean... We've talked a lot about the first-base position and how much I like Will Craig coming up to the Pirate system right now. And don't get me wrong, I still love Will Craig. I'm still going to go with my bold prediction that he's going to have a better career than Vlad Jr. But Josh Bell has officially broken out. And it would be nice to see this continue throughout the season. Now, he's not going to bat at 391 for the season. We're not saying that. But what we are saying is that Josh Bell is capable – of it being a three-home-run-per-week type hitter. He has six RBIs per week. That's what he's capable of. We know he can do that. It would be very nice to see this continue into next week and as we get going here in the 2018 season. Uh, another guy that I really want to talk about is Jason Martin. I mean, he has had a great week, and If it wasn't for Nick Birdie, he'd be our Rookie of the Week. But uh, Nick Birdie has just been fantastic. Yeah, so Jason Martin... Big game on Saturday, another big game on Sunday. He's been great thus far. And, unfortunately, with the way that the pitching's been going, um, with John Lester getting a start on Monday, Jose Quintana on Thursday, Patrick Corbin yesterday, Martin's been limited from action. The only start that he's gotten this week since Saturday and Sunday was on Wednesday uh, against Hugh Darvish. And I don't – let me pull up his line. I believe he had one hit that game It was a ground ball single through. Uh, Got right back to Descalso, I believe. We can pull up Jason Martin's line. Jason Martin on the day was one for four. Yeah, so um, he's been very good and a very pleasant surprise, and he needs to be the starting left fielder until Corey Dickerson comes back. Now, he's not going to start against lefty, so that's going to be Pablo Reyes. Uh, And Pablo Reyes has struggled beyond what anybody thought possible. if Jung Ho Gong has struggled, uh, Pablo Reyes is way beneath that level. (coughs) Excuse me. Yeah, so Jason Martin needs to be that everyday left fielder until we get Corey Dickerson back. And it's going to be a very valuable experience for him as well because we know who's leaving unless he gets re-signed after the 2019 season. His name is Corey Dickerson. Jason Martin's most likely going to be the starting left fielder in 2020. And I, I don't have a problem with that. He's been fantastic. He came over to the Garrett Cole trade along with Colin Moran, Joe Musgrove, and Michael Feliz. Um, and he was really an unknown commodity at that part. We've seen Musgrove how good he's been. We've seen Moran how good he could be. We've seen Feliz show signs of greatness. And now we've seen Martin. And you have to think, and Cole's going to be gone in Houston after this year. The Pirates really, really won that trade getting the third baseman that we got and getting the starting pitcher, along with a potential back-end pitcher, Michael Feliz, to go with our what could be a fantastic left fielder, Jason Martin. Two years of Garrett Cole. Hopefully they don't have any you know, World Series show for it either. So, yeah, I mean, Jason Martin, I've loved how he plays. He plays the game well. He's a, he is a five-tool player. He is. He's got speed. He's got contact. He's got pop. He's got the arm fantastic uh, player out there in left field, and I would be shocked if you just not get the start of the next two days against, days against Anibal Sanchez and Max Scherzer. And the bullpen, I do want to talk about that. Uh, it was fantastic on Saturday. It's been a fantastic this week outside of Keone Tello. And Tello just needs to figure out the, the home run ball, because the home run ball has bitten him multiple times this season, and we can't be having that. I would not be surprised if Richard Rodriguez gets murdered that that eighth inning roll until Kyle Kirk comes back at this point because we can't have Kella coming in and blowing those leads, We just can't. Like, last night, we could have very easily lost that game. Very easily. The battle in the Bucos, they fought back and they won. But with Kella giving up that bomb right after we took the lead, it's demoralizing. It really is. And Kella has to get better. Really, outside of his own runs, he's been very good as well. So... I don't know if there's an aberration for Keone, but if he can keep the guys from the yard, he's going to be the pitcher that we traded Taylor Hearn for. He's going to be fantastic. And I'm excited to see what this week holds for Mr. Kella, if he can turn this thing around, I and mean, he needs to. If not, I mean, the, the guys that we can trust right now are Felipe, Retrod and Bertie. Luriano's been pretty good as well. But yeah, those those are our cats right now. Hopefully, Kelly can on this round, and uh, Crick can get off that injury list because uh, we need him to get off the injury list. All right, two minutes. Uh, this afternoon, uh, in DC, Chris Archer going up against Anibal Sanchez, four or five PM start. Sunday, Tyon v. Scherzer. That's going to be a great pitching match. One thirty-five PM. Tuesday and Wednesday, we head to Detroit to take on the Tigers both starts at 6.40 p.m. And this coming weekend, we got the Giants for three. So, yeah, on uh, the schedule, after we get past uh, these next two games in D.C., we got the Tigers and the Giants. Got to take advantage of those two series. Uh, could be a big week for this Pittsburgh yeah. Pirates <laughs> team. <clears throat> all right, that's going to do it for our show today. My name is Benson Fector. Thank you all for tuning in. For more Bucket Booth content, head over to baseballpodcastnet.com. Follow our host on Instagram, myself, at BucksDugout. Partner Jared at Pirates.Strong. And give uh, the Baseball Podcast Network a follow on all social media platforms Instagram at Baseball Podcast Network, Twitter at Baseball Podcast One. I'll spell it for you P O D C A S One. YouTube Baseball Podcast Network and SoundCloud at Baseball Podcast Network. If you're looking to head to PNC Park this weekend, uh, Easter weekend is going to be fantastic. Head over to WR.com, punch in from the code BPN10. That is B-P-N- one zero Get 10% off all tickets for all events. Head over to BaseballPodcastNet.com. Beautiful Josh Bell shirt. Ring it. He's been ringing it a lot lately. Hopefully he continues. You're going to check that out. And also, just as a note, uh, we'll not be doing 8 a.m. next week as the Pirates uh, 5K, 10K. I'll be running at a 10K. Starts at 7.30 a.m. Uh, the game that afternoon, I believe, is at 4. So we're trying to get maybe like a noon show. i think like noon next week. Uh, but I will keep you posted on my Instagram accounts to so go follow that at Bucks Dugout for more information. But yeah, it's been a fantastic week for this Pittsburgh Pirates team. Hopefully, they can keep this up. And uh, the next time we talk, let's have them in first place in the National League Central. Uh, that's been our show. My name is Spencer Infanteo. Thank you all for tuning in. Enjoy the rest of your Saturday and this beautiful weekend in the bird. We'll see you here at noon on Saturday. As always, let's go Bucks.